It is Friday, September 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The 49ers kick off week three with the win. And Trayvon Diggs goes down. Here comes the Vegas Truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. 49ers pull away from the Giants late 30-12 winners on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, Saquon Barkley didn't play, and he actually revealed that it was a high ankle sprain, or it is a high Mm, ankle sprain. Interesting. And the Cowboys lose a big piece of their defense. The NFL is obviously going to be the Vegas lead, Scott. Let's start with the game from last night where the 49ers continue to look like maybe the best team in in football. Uh, This is – it's almost inexplicable. Like, when you think about Brock Purdy – there was all the questions about Brock Purdy last year. Could Mr. Irrelevant keep up this pace? Won all the games. And then he has a major offseason surgery. Well, there's no way he can come back and continue to be as good as he was. Well, he has been. And with the rest of this roster being as solid as it is is, and as well-coached as it is – 49ers just keep on rolling. They truck the Giants. Brock Purdy becomes the third youngest player in NFL history to throw for 700 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions through three games of a season. The only other two players younger than him, Lamar Jackson in his 2019 MVP season and Patrick Mahomes in his 2018 MVP season. Mackenzie Rivers, our resident 49ers expert, MV Purdy. He's a lot better than people think. If you put up Purdy's first eight starts, Mahomes' eight starts, I challenge you to pick which one is Mahomes and which one's Purdy. He's been as excellent as any quarterback coming into the league. He's very young. I mean, Christian McCaffrey got there the same time he did, so that seems correlated. Mm-hmm. But he's a lot better than people think. McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in 12 consecutive games, including the playoffs, tied with Jerry Rice in 1987 for the most consecutive games with a touchdown in 49ers history. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he breaks that record next week. I, I think you've probably got a good shot at that. And this is the uh, the second 300-yard passing game in Brock Purdy's career. First one came last year in the playoffs against Seattle. Uh, I, I think any thought that Brock Purdy is just a game manager at this point is probably out the window. This guy was uh, – he threw the ball 37 times last night. The, the final score says 30-12, to 12, and it says this was a dominant 49ers performance. But – this was a this was a tight game for a good portion of the matchup, and Brock Purdy wasn't able to just sit on a lead all game. Like Brock Purdy was out there trying to make things happen, and he did it. The 49ers gained 215 of their 310 passing yards after the catch in their victory. So they Brock Purdy does a good job of getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers and putting them in a position to run after the catch, and it's a very underrated skill. You know, people don't talk about that enough when it comes to quarterbacks throwing to receivers because, yes, you can throw the ball down the field and you can do back shoulder throws and you can throw and the guy makes a diving catch or whatever and you pick up those yards. But leading your receiver to a point where he can catch and run 
or finding your guys with enough space that they can create things after the catch, I think that's what makes this offense so dynamic. McKenzie, you've watched this offense over the years, this variation of a West Coast offense under Kyle Shanahan, and it, it really is about getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers, i.e. Brock, uh, uh, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. You have Debo Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey. They can play either position. And it's really what the best offenses do. Like, leave the 49ers out of it. Who's the highest yak teams? Also the highest passing yards teams. The Chiefs, yeah. the Vikings, the Bills, and the Dolphins. It's In the modern NFL, you're not going to win throwing 30-yard darts down the field every every down. And, and two guys who people were talking about through two weeks, like, when are these guys going to show up? When's the offense going to get rolling? Because there's no Brandon Ayuk right now, but Debo Samuel, big-time game last mm-hmm. night. He he more than doubled his receiving output from the first two games combined. And George Kittle. George Kittle had a big net This looked night. like uh, three years ago, George Kittle. Like, that, he was like – Running down the sidelines, shucking guys off of them. That that George Kittle is a problem. Yeah, uh, and, and Bill Simmons, fantasy owner, if Kittle has been complaining all season, which I understand from fantasy perspective. Fantasy perspective, but if you look at his grading, his blocking, he's been three years old. Three years ago, court George Kittle the whole season. He just finally got a chance to catch some balls. You know, yeah. it's amazing, and, and I wonder how this translates for the 49ers' future opponents. The Giants, according to uh, NFL Next Gen stats, the Giants blitzed Brock Purdy on 33 of his 39 dropbacks. It's the highest blitz rate in a single game in the Next Gen stats era. And Purdy, last night, was the fastest time to throw of his career, 2.34 seconds. Purdy against the Blitz last night was 20 of 31 for 247 yards and two touchdowns. When you see those stats, McKenzie, and you look at future opponents against the 49ers, are they going to be sending constant pressure? They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Steve Young had a good uh, – he's been a heavy Purdy backer. He says he has the force. He has all the data preloaded. He has that magical ability to know what to do. So sometimes you throw a screen pass to McCaffrey that goes for 15 yards and people are like, oh, quarterback didn't do anything. He saw the blitz, he saw the movement, he yeah. saw the switch, and he got it out of his hands immediately. It's going to be very difficult to beat us that way. What Man. you're going to have to see is, like, you, you know how RJ talks about it all the time, like, the, the league has adjusted to Patrick Mahomes and his yeah. style. And so, you know, the two deep has changed the way that offenses now have to go about their approach because defenses ha- have changed. I don't feel like defenses have adapted to the what the 49ers are doing on offense yet no they clearly haven't and i'll be honest brock purdy the way he's processing right now and the way he's sort of running this system that that shanahan's got in place if brock purdy was like if you could put brock brock purdy's processing his mind inside of trevor lawrence's body like we'd be talking about the future at quarterback we'd be saying there's no question who the next big thing at quarterback well, why is. Why aren't we talking about it right now? Because there are physical. I mean, there are physical limitations. He's Tom not, Brady was not a physical, it, imposing but, guy. But Tom Brady's a unicorn, and it like I'm always scared to say he could be the next Tom Brady because. Well, there was a third round pick that was backing up Robert Griffin the third that everyone said, yeah, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl. He's not going to win a playoff game. He's not that good. He just understands how to play the game. And that guy was Kirk Cousins. He's six right now in our quarterback list. He's got yep. paid 150 million dollars since Washington kicked him to the curb. You can be an excellent quarterback and just not be physically gifted. You absolutely can be. And and I, I think that Brock Purdy is blessed with a lot better situation than Kirk Cousins is as far as, like, being able to have team success. Uh, I, th- there's no reason. Like, if you're, if you're thinking Brock Purdy is not the kind of guy who can win a Super Bowl, I think you're wrong. I would agree with that. And the 49ers right now are the favorite. 
to win the Super Bowl in the NFL. I'll be honest, this game coming up in week five is the game that I, I, I mean, that's I, a game I've got circled. Uh, this Cowboys 49ers game, this is the game to me that decides who the who the team to beat in the NFC is. Because And unfortunately, there was some news on that today as Trayvon Diggs is done for the season. Huge blow. This is terrible news for, for Trayvon on multiple levels. Trayvon's birthday was on Wednesday. And for his birthday... He got tickets to the Beyonce show. He got a suite at the Beyonce show at AT&T Stadium there in mm. Dallas. All his boys were going to come. I'm imagining some ladies were going to come. And the day of the concert, he's at practice. His ACL bursts. What a crappy day. The day after your birthday, your ACL blows up. You miss the Beyonce show. You're done for the season. I feel bad for Trayvon, but you're he right. He couldn't go with a busted leg. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Maybe he could have. Uh, maybe he ended up going. I don't. But I'm not what sure. What really stinks for the Cowboys is that you know they brought in Stephon Gilmore to play opposite of Trayvon Diggs yep. because the thing with Trayvon Diggs is that he's not an elite cover corner. He's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. Right? He's a playmaker, and there's a difference. Like when you look at guys that have a ton of interceptions, and you're like, wait a minute, why do they have so many interceptions? Is it because they're that great of a cornerback? No, it's because quarterbacks are constantly targeting those guys. It's Marcus Peters. They make plays on the football. Darrell Revis didn't rack up that many interceptions. You know why? Nobody wanted to throw they at him. They never threw at him. And so when It was you, a lonely island. Yeah. And, <laughs> nice job, McKenzie. And when you put another cornerback opposite him, like Stephon Gilmore, the defense, it's, it's now you don't know where to throw the football if you're a quarterback. The Jets were at their best when they signed Antonio Cromartie to, to play opposite of Darrell Rivas. Because on one side, you had a great cover guy. On the other side, you had a ball hawk. Well, the Cowboys had that same thing going on with Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs. Now you take Diggs away from that defense, and I don't know what the Cowboys are going to look like. I think that, I mean, as long as Micah Parsons is there, I think the Cowboys are going to look I'm, fine. I'm specifically just talking about their secondary. And yeah. covering elite wide receivers. Well, I, well, I think, I mean, Micah Parsons kind of helps make yeah. these guys look good because he's constantly in people's faces. So um, I'm sure they're going to go out and find someone to replace this. So, But Trayvon Diggs is a good enough player. He's going to be tough to replace. One of the bummers on this deal was later on this season – the uh, the the Cowboys were going to play the Buffalo Bills. Well, the Cowboys are going to play the Buffalo Bills. That game is still going to actually happen, but it was going to be Stephon versus Trayvon head to head, which would have been a really cool thing to well, see. The Bills already had uh, James Cook versus Dalvin. That's Cook true. In week one, but so. these, I mean, these guys would have been potentially matched <laughs> up against, against each, each other. other. Yes, yes. Are they related? Yes. I didn't know that. James Cook and Dalvin. That's yeah, brothers. A little, a little yep. bro. So, uh, yeah, a bad, bad piece of news for the Cowboys. The, there's not a line up on that Cowboys-Niners Week 5 game at the moment. The summer line, though, was what, McKenzie? 49ers at home, minus two, considered even teams. I'm thinking they're going to be considered even teams again because no one's impressed more than the 49ers except for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and the 49ers play the Cardinals next weekend. I don't think they can lose. The, the Cowboys play the Cardinals this weekend, mm-hmm. and they're home against the Patriots next weekend. If these two teams are both 4-0 and going into that Week 5 matchup, minus two for the 49ers feels about right. I, I think these two teams are even, and we're going to get a, a – this may be an NFC championship preview because yep. – It would be the third year in a row they've met in the playoffs. I think these two teams right now are a step ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think after the Eagles, there's a pretty good drop-off to, like, to, to the fourth-best team. Yeah. So I, I think that, that this is the class of the NFC. Let's talk about last night from a Giants perspective. Uh, tough 
you know, on a short week. They stayed out on the West Coast. You're playing the best team in the league in the 49ers. You're 10 and a half point dogs. The only thing that you can say is, hey, they went into this game without Saquon Barkley. Their defense played well for the first half of this game. And the, the 49ers dominated possession in the first half. It was 20 to 10, 20 minutes to 10 minutes in the first half of this football game. And the Giants were within one possession for a large part of this game. Offensively, they just couldn't do anything. And again, they weren't on the field. Uh, that much. Yeah, the inability to run the ball really killed the the Giants' chance to do anything. Matt Breida, four carries, 17 yards, yep. like just a, a no-show. Daniel Jones didn't run the ball. Daniel Jones, another guy, if you could put Brock Purdy's brain inside Daniel Jones' body, imagine what kind of player you'd have. But Daniel Jones stinks. Like, I, I got suckered into thinking, okay, maybe there's something there last week in the second half against Arizona. And now I'm thinking – that was the second half against the Arizona yeah. freaking Cardinals, and I gave him credit for it. Uh, I mean, we've seen two good quarters out of 12 mm-hmm. from Daniel Jones. This is looking to be like a major bust I ju- I as just, far as I investment think, goes. I don't think you can take anything from, from last night's game. Last night's game was always going to be a loss. It was never going to look good. If they did anything, it was going to come away as miraculous. They were in a bad spot from the get-go without Saquon Barkley, and now Barkley admitting that it is a high ankle sprain. I don't know how long he's going to be out. They're saying it's week to week. I don't think he comes back against the Seahawks next week, but the Giants do have now an extended break because they don't play until Monday night in week four against the Seahawks. So they'll return home. They'll have time away. You'll get a West Coast team traveling cross-country east. Maybe the Giants can can do something at home on that Monday night. This was a 17-12 to 12 game at one point in the second half. Yeah. And it was almost 17-14. They missed a two-point conversion. And then you look at the total yardage in this game, and it's 441 to 150. Yeah, the, the, if you looked at even in the first half, like I said, it was 20, 20 minutes to 10 minutes of time of possession. The 49ers dominated the stats. This game shouldn't have been close at all. The game ended up like that, 40 to 20 in yeah. time of possession. W- what happens if the if the Giants lose that game last weekend to the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. They're 0-3. And two, Barkley's still out. Two blowout yep. losses. And Barkley's out. Yeah. Are we talking about the Giants as, like, the worst team in football? Yeah, it's a good question. What do you make of the Giants' season? Because they played the two best teams. They got blown out 70-12. Yeah. to 12. Is it full and they played a team that we consider one of the worst. Yeah. They, were, they were awful for a half of that. Do we throw those games out, or is it full-blown panic time? They are who we thought they were. Seven-and-a-half win team? And you let them off the hook. <laughs> yes, the Giants are a seven-and-a-half win team. This right. is who they are. They were. It was going to take a Herculean effort for them to have the football bounce their way and make the playoffs with eight or nine wins. But they were, they're not a six-win team. They're not a five-win team. They're going to pick up their wins. They played the two best teams in football, and they lost to the two best teams in football, and they looked like shit in the first half against Arizona, and they figured it out in the second half. Let's see what happens when they go through the remainder of their schedule. They'll probably split with the Commanders. They'll they'll get swept by the Eagles and the Cowboys. They'll pick up wins along the way against the AFC opponents that they play. They'll finish the season with seven wins. Oh, they're at this, or no, they're home against the Seahawks next week. Pardon me, well, after, then, after yep. two road games. And then their next two games, at Miami, mm-hmm. at Buffalo on yep. Sunday night. Ooh, that's a it's uh, a tough run coming for the New York Giants. Uh, and if they boy, if they start one and five, uh, all the all the love that Brian Dayball was getting last year, Dayballs of Steel. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe people will be forgetting about that. So you were leaning towards the Giants on Monday Night Football versus Seahawks. Yep. 
any adjustment in your thinking? Are you still like the Giants next week? Uh, I do like the Giants, and I think the, the one thing that worries me is I like the Panthers this weekend against the Seahawks, and I think if the Panthers put up a good fight against Seattle, that number against the Giants is not going to be what I was hoping it was going to be, which is to get the Giants as a home dog. Like, let's say if, if, if Seattle loses to the Panthers, the Giants are favored in that game. If Seattle barely beats the Panthers, it's probably a pick game. You know, so yeah. that's the way I'm looking at it is if it if the if the Seahawks were if the Seahawks win by two touchdowns against the Panthers, the Seahawks are going to be a, f- a favorite and I'm going to be on the Giants on Monday Night Football. The Panthers are expected to be without Bryce Young for Sunday's game. Good. Uh, good. He missed his second straight practice yesterday with no, an I'm ankle not injury. For injuries, by the way, I'm just saying I picked the Panthers on the dream pod. Because and that's part of your handicap, and it, I I think Andy Dalton makes this team better. Andy, where yeah. was well, Mackenzie? You mentioned it on the Dream Pod. Where was Andy Dalton in our composite quarterback? Yeah, rank end of the regular year? season PFF QBR composite. Andy Dalton last year was the twelfth best quarterback in the league. And that well, that's part of the reason why I was all over the Saints. And this meanwhile, year. rookie quarterbacks are one in the last fifteen yeah. in September. Yeah, so it's a, probably an upgrade. And part of the reason why I was on the Saints this year is because they got an upgraded quarterback, and I'm like, this roster was good with Andy Dalton last year. Imagine what they're going to be with Derek Carr. But uh, yeah, Andy Dalton's capable of of leading this team to a win in Seattle. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I love them at the number. And now that it's actually gone to six and a half, I think that's like a ridiculous move because Bryce Young's not worth. The, the, the Bryce Young to Andy Dalton should not be worth gaining a half a point. Yeah. Agreed. If anything, it should go down to five and a half. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with that. So uh, let's run through the rest of the NFL schedule for By this By the way, week. a lot of six and a half is dis- are disappearing. Get that, get that yeah, number one. They should. Can. They should be disappearing. Let's take a look at the rest of the games. Give a quick thought on all of them. You can listen to the Dream Preview uh, podcast where we go through every game extensively. Uh, but we can give a couple thoughts on all the games this week. Let's start with the Chargers at the Vikings. The, the Vikings now a one-point favorite. This was Chargers minus two for much of the week. So yeah, big adjustment. A lot of Vikings love coming in. I think kind of deservedly so. Although, listen, both these teams, the way they play close games, I'd be interested in a Chargers teaser here. Uh, but I, I think if you just said, hey, pick a side, to me, it's the Vikings. The Chargers' defense has just been atrocious so far this season. Kirk Cousins got a great history with starting 0-2 and bouncing back in Week 3. He's only done it three times in his career starting the season 0-2, and he's won Week 3 all three times. Uh, I think the Vikings, with desperation at home, Fez talked about it on the Dream Pod, the teams that lose their first home game don't want to lose that second home game. I think the Vikings win this one. I think both teams are desperate here. I, I think that's got to be – I mean, 0-2, both teams, two teams that For like, sure. people thought were playoff teams coming into the season. And the Chargers don't have much of a home field advantage, meaning they have to be good on the road. I don't know. I, I agree with you guys with what you're saying about the Vikings, and I lean that way. But this line was Chargers minus two. We saw one game being played. Chargers were bad. They lost in overtime versus the Titans. Now it's a three-point adjustment through zero. Okay, maybe it's a two-point adjustment. Still, it's a big, it's a big number. It's a big move for me to ignore. Vikings on extended rest. Gotta like that. And the Vikings after a good Thursday night football performance. Mm-hmm. Vikings put up a ton of points, a ton of yards against the Eagles defense. Kirk Cousins looked great. This oh year. my He's goodness, this could be a nightmare for this Chargers D. I think the Chargers are in the discussion for worst coach team in football. Sean uh, Payton should have gone there, man. It he been really should. He wanted to. It's gonna be. It's Jim Harbaugh's job <laughs> next. Yep. Uh, Tennessee Titans are at the Cleveland Browns. You're, this is Browns minus three, minus 20. So mm-hmm. it's a three and a quarter. 
Yeah, uh, I, took, I took the Titans three and a half on the contest on, on our Dream Pod. Uh, so if you three and a half is what I would play the Titans at here. Three, I mean, I still like it, but obviously I'd much rather have the three and a half. And, and it comes down to the Browns playing their first game without Nick Chubb. I got to see what this team looks like. I have to see what they look like in their first full week of preparation without Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson. If they're going to put the onus on him, he has not looked good to start the season. Meanwhile, the Titans, they, they, they've looked decent. And Mike Vrabel as an underdog has an incredible history. Mike Tannehill, or in, in Ryan Tannehill in week one, looked like the worst quarterback in the league against that Saints pass rush. And the Browns get after quarterbacks. Mm-hmm, sure. Thir- the Browns are getting pressure on 32% of dropbacks. That's good for third in the league. They lead the league in quarterback knockdowns. And Tannehill, bottom five in completion percentage and yards per attempt under pressure. That's what worries me about Tennessee this week. I love all the Vrabel is a dog stats. Mm-hmm. The matchup to me favors the Browns. Browns win by a field goal. Houston is at Jacksonville. The Jags minus eight. They were nine and a half. They were 10, I believe, early in the week. Uh, so there is some Texans money coming in. I tend to agree with it. The Jags, to me, haven't looked like a playoff team from a year ago. Uh, they got three turnovers, and the Chiefs committed 12 penalties, and the Jags scored zero touchdowns. I am hoping for survivor chaos <laughs> and having the Texans upset the Jaguars here. I think you, you've got, it I would think be you got an, a live dog. It would be an incredible story, and I, I got to imagine 30 to 40% of Circus Survivor eliminated if the Jaguars lose. Who else have they taken? They're taking the, the the Cowboys. Oh, there's plenty of options. Maybe they've the taken Chiefs. the 49ers already. Uh, yeah, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs Cowboys are going to be the, they're going to be but don't heavy. Do people want to save the Chiefs and the Cowboys? I'm sure they do. Yeah. Got to imagine Circus Survivor at least 25% top picked is the Jaguars. It'll certainly be up there. Uh Patriots are at the Jets. Patriots minus two and a half. You got to lay a little juice, so two and three quarters. Ooh, can I can That would be get an aggressive three? survivor selection right there. The can, Patriots. Can this get to 3 McKenzie? What do you think? It was three earlier in the no, week. No, there's, there's support there, as they say. It's gone there, and they said no mas, yeah. and they bet it back. I think the Jets are a good teaser piece. I think they keep this thing close, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets win this one outright. Last week, they abandoned the run. They took a lot of criticism for it. Brees Hall only touched the football four times. I would not be surprised if they forced feed the run right at the Patriots, and you're going to see Brees Hall with double-digit carries. You're going to see Dalvin Cook with double-digit carries. This total is 36-and-a-half. Yep. Wow. And I don't disagree with it being that low. Like these, these are two putrid ten six final putrid offenses. Uh, the Saints are at the Packers. The Packers now minus one. Good support from my Saints coming in at home against the Saints. This opened two and a half. Yeah, Saints are good, and people aren't. Uh, people are recognizing this. Uh, I think right now the Saints. They all they do is, and everyone wants to talk about how oh away from the dome. The Saints are not the same team. That's not. The, the, the case since 2018 the saints are the second most profitable against the spread team on the road that was true when they had an offense now they're a defensive team now so yeah, they I are agree. a defensive team they've held opponents under 21 points in 10 straight games i think this dennis allen guy knows how to coach defense yeah he seems pretty and, solid and so if they can keep the packers under 21 points i think they win this game outright broncos catching six and a half points on the road at miami Boy, a lot of love for this Miami team. I think the the Broncos are one of the more surprisingly good offenses in the NFL this year. Like, I, I didn't see Russ having as much success as he has. And 
the listen, this Dolphins de- as good as the offense is, yep. the Dolphins defense looked like they'll give some up. This could be a, a real shootout here. The Broncos offense has been a lot better in first halves. I wonder how much the script has to do with Sean Payton's offense, and if they're not able to adjust later in the game, I, I oh, think th- I think that's a great point. And and yeah, take away fifty yards and a touchdown from the hail mary last week, it skews things as far as the way Russell Wilson has looked to start the season. Uh, I, I just think it's a bad situational spot for the Broncos playing their first two games at home, then having to travel to Miami and play uh, against the Dolphins here, Miami playing their home opener. And we know how good Tua is at home or how good he has been at home. So I back the Dolphins here and I understand not all 0-2 teams are created equal. And the Broncos have only been outscored by three points (laughs) this season, but getting off to an 0-3 start, it could go from bad to worst, worse real quick for the Broncos. The Bills are at Washington. Bills laying six and a half on the road. And are the Commanders good? I don't know. Uh, you know what? I think the Commanders are better on offense than expected, and worse on defense than expected. Does that seem fair? Yes, it does. Because I, I, I think everybody thought, "Wow, this defense is so strong. If they can get anything out of their offense, they're going to be solid." But the defense just hasn't been very good. But the offense is scoring. Yeah. Listen. Brian Robinson's a player. You talk about 2-0 teams or 0-2 teams not being created equal. 2-0 teams are not created equal. The Commanders have beat the Cardinals and the Broncos by a combined six points. I'm not convinced that they're good. This is still an extremely rare spot where you have a 2-0 team that is an underdog at home. Like, it doesn't happen. It's, It's in the last 20 years. It's only happened nine times. Nine times. Those teams, by the way, seven and two ATS. So maybe the commanders are the play. The Bills dog stomp bad teams. And I'm not convinced yet that Washington isn't a bad team. Until they prove me wrong, uh, I, I'm going to take the Bills to blow out non-playoff mm. caliber teams. They did it last week. Everybody was saying, Josh Allen's broken. Like, like if that last week was broken Josh Allen, Break him harder because I want to see I want to see more of that. Uh, so I, I I like the Bills here uh, to cover the six and a half. The Falcons and Lions, one of the bigger movers this week. The Lions opened up minus six at home. I that just seems absurd. Like that anyone thought that mm-hmm. at any mm-hmm. point. Now we're getting Lions minus three at home, which feels a lot more right. Uh, I, I I mentioned this early. There's the Cowboys and Niners tier. There's an Eagles one notch below them, and then there's a big pile of middle. Yeah, and I think the Falcons, Lions, Saints, Vikings. uh, There's a bunch of teams in that mix, and these two teams to me, they're they're really close. So I don't give a big edge to the Lions here, and the Lions are very banged up on Mm -hmm. both sides of the ball. I've been impressed with Atlanta, and you don't think of Atlanta as like this explosive offense because they're so run based. But as far as EPA goes, Atlanta's been better on offense than Detroit has. I mean, Detroit put up only two touchdowns against Kansas City's defense, missing Chris Jones. Uh, This Detroit offense that was so great last year isn't as good this year already. Amon Ross St. Brown is hurt. Montgomery's hurt. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of things going wrong with Detroit right now. I lean to the Falcons here. I don't know why this total is so low uh, at 46. I I love this game to go over. I know the Falcons are not a pass-heavy team. They're a run-heavy team, and so you're like, oh, they're not going to go over. But the Lions, you mentioned how banged up they are defensively, but the Lions can still score. Jared Goff chucking it all over the field. Nine of the last 10 games in Detroit have seen at least 51 points scored. I I think this game goes over. Do we know 
if Anthony Richardson is playing for the Colts this weekend because that's the next game. The Colts are at the Ravens. The Ravens are minus eight. And I'll say this. If Anthony Richardson doesn't play and we get Gardner Minshew, I'm going to love, love the Colts in this spot with their backup quarterback. The Ravens so far, 2-0 ATS. They played a rookie, C.J. Stroud, his first ever game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. First game of his life behind a, a nobody offensive line. And they played Joe Burrow when he can't throw the ball. That I mean, you haven't faced a passing attack yet. Yeah. What if we talked about this whole season with the Ravens? Their secondary is decimated by injuries. You have to be able to attack this team down the field. Anthony Richardson can't do that. Gardner Minshew, though, mm. he can. He looked really good last week. I think he'll take some shots at this secondary. And Zach Moss gave them a running game that they did not have in week one. Uh, the, the Colts defense has been very good up front. Another place where the Ravens are banged up on the O-line, missing their two best O-linemen. This number would feel right to me, like Ravens minus eight if the Ravens were healthy. But given their current state, I, I think there's real value on the Colts here. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and Anthony Richardson didn't practice yesterday. so uh, Stay away. Yeah, I think you're right. If Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback, much like I feel about Andy Dalton t- taking over for Bryce Young, and we'll talk about that game next, I think that it's better for the Colts that Gardner Minshew plays. You think if there's one defense that's ready for Anthony Richardson, it would be the Ravens. So it, yes. might, it might be a good curveball for yep. to go with Minshew. Yep. Panthers are at the Seahawks. Seahawks minus six now on the road. As we mentioned earlier, Panthers expected to be without Bryce Young. Yeah, and I think that's better for them. I think Andy Dalton gives them a legit chance to win this game in Seattle. I have not been impressed with what the Seahawks have done to start the season. Geno Smith, two and nine. Uh, two and seven, excuse me, ATS in his last nine starts. Like, this guy just doesn't cover. And Seattle. I thought that's all he did was cover. When, I, when, I, when did that change? Think of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. And, and, and Gino. And it's the, mighty racist of me. The Seahawks, <laughs> in general, four and 13 against the spread in their last 17 games when they're favored by north of a field goal. I just don't think that this cart, that this Seahawks team, I understand the home field advantage, but are they, are they three? Points better than the Panthers on a neutral with Andy Dalton at quarterback, maybe. Remember the Panthers are. I mean the Seahawks are banged up too. They, yeah. they like it was a great performance last week considering their offensive line woes. But like, did, how long does that keep up? How long do you keep beating teams when you've got no tackles? You know, Frank Reich. This is a, look in week one against the uh, against the um, Falcons. It was a game that they it was close, and then in the fourth quarter. Atlanta pulls away, okay? Against the Saints, tough game, another divisional game, tough game, and they're down two scores. They fight until the end. And I think that that's key when you look at them as a six-point dog here because they could be down by two touchdowns and then continue fighting and backdoor you and get you a cover because Frank Reich's the type of coach that understands the analytics, and when you're down 14, you go for two, and there's a chance that, hey, if I'm down 14 and there's like 30 seconds left in the game and the Panthers score a touchdown, they're going to go for two. And maybe they wind up pushing this number of six or six and a half if you get it at six and a half. I think the move from six to six and a half with Andy Dalton being the starting quarterback is ridiculous. It should have gone from six to five and a half. You know who agrees with you? The Vegas betting market. They are getting back to six. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm skeptical of the Seahawks home field advantage. During the Legion of Boom era, 2012-2017, you're hitting 66% ATS. Since then, 2017 on, you're below 500, 
I feel like that's a that's a thing of the past. All right, let's look at the Cowboys at the Cardinals. Cowboys, listen, lose a key defensive piece today. What happens? Mm. They go from 12 and a half to 13. Uh, Cowboys, 13-point favorites on the road. I know Dak has historically been great against bad football teams. This is a big number, though. 43 is the total, which is very low. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, a 30 to 10 Cowboys win, and this thing goes under. But can the Cardinals get into the end zone twice against the Cowboys without Trayvon Diggs? What do you think? No. No? I don't think so. How did they put up 28 versus the Giants? Is the Giants' defense a lot worse than we thought? No, it's certainly not the we, Cowboys. We saw the Giants' no. defense play really well in the first half against the 49ers. Yeah. Held them, yeah. I just I, – The Cardinals are an enigma to me. I don't, I don't know how they've done it. They've, they're 2-0 and ATS. Yeah. They had a 70% chance to win in the second half of each game. Uh, I'm going to wait and see. I mean, Josh Dobbs is playing well. He's running the football well. What, what, he, what they're not doing is playing well in the second half. And this was a uh, – And maybe – you know what? Maybe let's – maybe we should be looking at, well, they played against NFC East teams that Jonathan Gannon coached against last year. Interesting. And so maybe keeping the commanders to 20 points, keeping the Giants down for most of the game until the second half is because Jonathan Gannon coached against these teams last year. And so now he gets to go up against his third consecutive NFC East opponent. Although with a new offensive system. Still the same quarterback in Dak Prescott. Yeah. And so maybe you know, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's Cowboys minus it. five and a half in the second half we talked about in the dream preview. I like that. I, I like that a you lot. You get away well. from the defensive yeah. genius. Whatever, and, and the Cardinals have done not they're twenty outscored twenty seven to nothing in the fourth quarter so far this year. Yeah. I do they I get, they they re- get the call from upstairs. They get hey the guys, call from upstairs. Calm down. Hey, hey, we're hey. trying we're trying to get Caleb Williams yeah. here, guys. You, you remember the like, you remember last year when the Texans did this? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it cost them a draft pick to to, uh, to move up and get the guy they wanted. So you don't want to do that. Uh I imagine that when what this is doing, it's Gannon showing, hey. We're close. Yeah, look we're at fighting. we're doing. We're, right. we're all these all these wins against the spread. We're not winning football games yet, but we're getting close. We're exceeding expectations. A team that has not exceeded expectations, the Chicago Bears, also catching thirteen points. Although they are a, a, the road team here, so the Chiefs laying thirteen at home. Uh, the Bears. This this feels like a dysfunctional team right now. I, I would argue the Bears might be worse than the Cardinals. And so maybe you're you're getting away light with the Chiefs laying 13 at home when you consider Dallas is minus 13 on the road. The the Bears just seem like a disaster right now. I want nothing to do with this Bears team. Uh, You know, we had the whole incident that occurred this week uh, with the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigning. He says it's health issues, personal issues, all the rumors about uh, FBI being involved. Those are not true. That there was no raid uh, at Hallis Hall. There was no. Raid There's some at rumors that like I think that's actually true, even though it's being refuted. We would know if there was an FBI raid of the Bears at the practice facility. Facility. Yes, at yeah. Hallis Hall. Yes, we. <laughs> yes, and, and and that might have made the news. And and, and apparently it was uh, Peanut Tillman was like leading the raid because <laughs> he punched he, it out. No, no, because he works with the FBI now, and know that. and like yeah, he say no, that's not true. Uh, it's it's funny. It's like. Uh, Hallis Hall was raided. No, it wasn't raided. Okay, Justin Fields rips the coaches. No, Justin Fields did not rip the coaches. Uh, the defensive coordinator that one's more was debatable. fired. No, wait, defensive coordinator was not fired. He resigned. Yeah. Oh, there was an FBI raid. No, there wasn't an FBI raid. Peanut Tillman's involved. 
Peanut Tillman's not involved. <laughs> I don't know what to think. The fact that it could be true shows how dysfunctional the Bears are. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, there's so and much. And Justin Fields is being overcoached. Yeah, I want nothing to do with this team at all. They're going to get blown out. All right, let's go to the Sunday night football game where our. Las Vegas Raiders, minus two and a half. Looks like it might touch three before this thing's all said and done against the Steelers. This was my favorite bet on the pod this week. I I think Pittsburgh was very lucky to get a cover last week, much less a win. This offense is just dreadful. Definitely. Kenny Pickett has regressed. Their offensive line is bad. The 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 play calling is like from leather helmet days. (laughs) Like Matt Canada, it's like his – his plays are inscribed on a stone tablet. They've been the it, worst offense in the league. Every number says that. The question is, is it because of the defensive they've played, or is they are they as bad as they look? I guess that's the question there. The 49ers and, I, and the Browns, good defense. Those are good defenses. But their defense, which should be the strength, they're not very good either. 5.7 yards per carry to the Browns, and that number went up when Chubb right. left the game. Uh, we don't know if Minka Fitzpatrick's going to play. That's worrisome. Cam Hayward not being there is clearly yep. an issue, like Huge. against the run. And the Raiders happen to have a guy in Josh Jacobs who led the league in rushing last last year who's got to get something going because mm-hmm. he's trying to get paid. I, I feel like this is a good spot to get on the Raiders, who who I think looked worse last week than what they really are. And a Steelers team going against a Steelers team coming off what I think is a pretty phony win. Two, I mean, you can't count on two defensive touchdowns every week to win you football games. It just doesn't work that way. I, I got to agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think that it's Raiders. Raiders are our pick. We're putting it on our contest sheet. So there you go. There is week three in the NFL. Hey, it's RJ Bell for Rocket Money. Listen, you know, there's no locks. You know that for sure. But almost a lock is each and every one of you has things you're paying for each and every month that you don't use or aren't worth how much you're paying for them. There's a better alternative. And we have Scott Seidenberg with us to tell about one of his discoveries with Rocket Money. Yeah, it discovered that I was still paying for an old editing software that I hadn't used in months. Let's be honest, it was years And listen, be honest with yourself. Think of the things you've bought. Think about the times you've had a free trial and all of a sudden it auto-billed in and it's been auto-billing. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash rj. That's rocketmoney.com slash RJ, rocketmoney.com slash RJ. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is RJ Bell, and I got to tell you, this is one I feel very seriously about. You know, I'm of an interesting age in that I can remember before computers were prominent, before the Internet. And I remember my whole career has been built with the Internet. I've seen the age and time when if you had issues, when you had something you wanted to talk to a professional about, there was apprehension. And one of the things that I think we've evolved as a society in such a wonderful way is we all understand help is a good thing. And that's where better help comes in. All of your interactions with your therapist entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash RJ to get 10% off your first month. Do it today. That's betterhelp.com slash RJ. All right, college football week four got underway last night. 
Coastal Carolina d- didn't hold up their end of the bargain. I had no. a uh, I, I had a play on the over in that game. Georgia State's offense was good enough. Coastal did nothing, especially early. Uh, 30-17 didn't really come close to the number. Uh, and Coastal goes down. Georgia State now 4-0, and 1-0 in Sunbelt play. This is a completely different team. And they have something there in Darren Granger. I mean, as far as dual threat guys go uh, at the G5 level, he's a real problem. So uh, I've liked what I've seen out of Georgia State. And this is a, a, a G5 team to watch because they just beat Coastal. If they beat Troy next week, you're looking at a team that could make a, a nice little run. Mm. They do have to play at LSU late in the season. So it's not like they're going to go unbeaten. But if that's their only loss. Yeah. Not a bad look. They do have James Madison at home as well. Troy at home. Those are their two toughest games. App State is at home. It seems like all their all their tough games are at home with the exception of last night. And in that series, the home team has never won between Georgia State and Coastal Carolina. You know, and that continued last night. A lot of money came in on Georgia State leading up to kickoff. I mean, this thing was at you know, Coastal Carolina 7, Coastal Carolina 6.5. And this thing wound up closing at Coastal laying four and a half. So a lot of money came in on Georgia State. I had gotten some info from some of my college guys that were, look, what it had to do with the uh, personal attachment for the Georgia State quarterback, uh, Darren Granger, and him not being, you know, him being from Myrtle Beach and, and being dismissed by Coastal. Maybe he took it a little personally last night. But it was a, a good performance from Georgia State. And you're right. They are a, a sneaky team to watch going forward. few games to look at tonight on the schedule before we get into the meaty Saturday card. Wisconsin and Purdue. Wisconsin a six-point road favorite at Purdue. Uh, Hudson Card has been solid for Purdue. Um, I don't particularly like Wisconsin as road favorites. You think, you think Purdue can get anything done here? I faded Purdue last week against uh, against Syracuse because I'm not a believer in in Purdue and what they do offensively. That being said, you know this is a team that has now lost two games at home to start the season. If there was ever a time to play with desperation, it's now. You know you're gonna go zero and three at home to start the year. That's a bad look for any program. So I don't necessarily love. The 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 offense, I think I'd favor you know Tanner Mordecai uh, ahead of uh, Hudson Carr in this matchup of quarterbacks, but I think that you're going to see probably if I, it's safe to assume you're going to see the best effort from Purdue that you're going to see all season because they can't lose the first, they can't lose a third straight home game to open up the season. ESPN matchup: North Carolina State at Virginia. North Carolina State laying eight and a half. Total here is 47 and a half, which feels low considering how dreadful Virginia's defense has been so far. All right, hear me out. Brennan Armstrong back playing on the field that made him famous. Yeah. I think he's going to have a monster game tonight. Remember, he was at Virginia for five years. Yeah. It seems, like, it seems like eight. Yeah, he was, he was the quarterback of Virginia for five years, and now he's the NC State quarterback. Now he gets to play back in Scott Stadium in Charlottesville. 
I think he's going to have a big-time performance tonight. Boise is at San Diego State. Boise laying six and a half, uh, 46 the total in this one. There's just there's no home field advantage. There's it, not much of one, Snapdragon no. Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, San Diego State, two and two. Uh, I thought they were going to get blown out again against Oregon State. And that was, uh, I guess, a good performance. It, if you're like me, I like fading teams that kind of play up to their competition because it just means they're going to play down to a lesser opponent in Boise State. And Air Force, a six-point favorite. Now, this has been a big mover. San Jose State was three, three-and-a-half early in the week. Now it's – or excuse me, they were plus three, three-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. Now they're plus six at home against Air Force, the total 45-and-a-half. Um, San Jose State underrated on offense. Cordero, one of the better quarterbacks in that in that Mountain West Conference. Um but Air Force has been so good defensively. You think Air Force shuts them down here? Yeah, I think so. And, and we were on Air Force last week in their game against Utah State, and we saw what they did in just a, a, a dominant performance there. And I think it's going to be somewhat of a similar performance. Uh, Air Force looks good this year. They've looked real good. Um, they, you look at you look at their opponents. Again, they haven't played anybody. But I've been impressed with what I've seen on both sides of the football. That's where I give a little credit to San Jose State, who, by the way, this is Air Force's first road game. But San Jose State's already played USC. They've already played Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already had a road game at Toledo. Like Which they, they lost. They're a, they're a lot more battle tested than mm-hmm. this Air Force team. So I, I, I see both sides of it. I'll, I won't be involved in this game more than likely. Um, but I, I think strength of schedule, if it's if it's a big factor for you, the arrow's definitely pointing sure. at San Jose State. All right, let's get into some of these top 25 games. We won't hit them all because we did a full college football podcast. Uh, you can hear that on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview feed. If you're listening to that right now, awesome. You can switch right over after. If you're listening on the Straight Out of Vegas feed, go check out the other podcast feed, R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, and find our podcast there. Uh, we should go through the games, though. There's six of them, and we'll make it seven since Florida State-Clemson doesn't count, and we'll start with Florida State-Clemson. Let's look at these games that feature multiple top 25 teams. Uh, Florida State now a two-point favorite at Clemson. I, I know you kind of lean to Clemson. I kind of lean to Florida State. Are, are you are you feeling strong enough to take a stance on this one? No, because this, I, this is a coin flip game. It can go either way. Uh, I think weather could have an impact if it is raining in Clemson, South Carolina. I know there's a storm coming up the coast this weekend. I don't know if it'll hit landfall by Saturday. Uh, the fact that it's an early day game probably helps with the weather because I think the weather is going to be worse at night. So maybe it's not an impact at all. But I think this is just a, a close game between two of the top teams in the conference that will probably match up again later on in the season for the ACC championship. Well, if, if Clemson loses, they might not make it there. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, because they've already got a loss to Duke. Uh, Colorado at Oregon. Colorado, everybody's favorite, catching 21 points. You said the other day you think Colorado is going to be a pretty public play. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't seen the number change a bit, and I just think it's because I guess 21 – I know key numbers are less important in college football, but going off of 21 I guess would be an interesting move. People are going to back Colorado, but I think without Travis Hunter, both offensively and defensively, Colorado takes a hit. Yeah, they're better. Yeah, they they are talented. Maybe last week was a little bit of a look-ahead spot, but it, it shouldn't have been because it was a monster rivalry game that they go made it personal. Like, they should have played their best football last week, and maybe they were exposed a bit. And I think Oregon, at home, 
has too much size. We talk about Colorado's speed and Colorado's athleticism. Travis Hunter's a big part of that. He's not playing. Obviously, it hurts them a lot. But we talk about them in their matchups with other programs. I talked about it, why I like them against Nebraska. More athletes on the field. They're just quicker. Oregon's offensive line is not going to allow any penetration. Bo Nix is going to have all day to throw the football against Colorado, and I think he has a big moment here against this Buffalo's team. Colorado has a depth on offense to replace Travis Hunter. Not defensively. They don't, You cannot replace that guy on the defensive mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I see Oregon having a pretty big day as well. Another Pac-12 top 25 matchup, UCLA at Utah. Cam Rising expected to play. We see the line go from Utah minus 4.5 to Utah minus 6. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait and see if this touches seven. And if it does, Mm. I'm going to dabble in some brewing. What do you think? All right. So the report I got from my guys in the know is that Cam Rising is good to go. And not only is Cam Rising good to go, but watching him in practice this week, the quote I got was he looked damn good. Now, does that mean he's going to run the football, which is what his strength was? Exactly. I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to run the football like he like he knows how, but I think this offense will look good, and we know how difficult it is to win in Salt Lake City. No doubt. So I would lean towards Utah in this game. Obviously, you missed the best of the number because with Cam Rising starting, the line has moved already, but I'm still on Utah. Yeah, if it gets to seven, I'm, I'm going to fade Cam Rising's return because I, I do think – while he might look good in practice, he still hasn't been hit yeah, since January. Sure, sure. And uh, that's going to be a whole different world. Uh, Ole Miss at Alabama. This is Nick Saban taking on a former assistant. He's lost to one this year. Could, it, could he make it two? Uh, Alabama, six-and-a-half-point home favorites. I, I said this on our, our pod, and I'll say it again. Texas was plus seven at Alabama two weeks ago. Yeah. Texas is a lot better than Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is now laying six and a half. I think there's been a drastic overreaction to Alabama, and Ole Miss, well, they've covered a couple games here, but it hadn't been pretty. If you if you covered with them last week against Georgia Tech, you, you should play the lotto. Uh, this this feels like a, a an undervalued Alabama team, which is something you don't see very often. I think when you look at um, where we were, uh, I guess – in the summer leading up to this game, you know, clearly it was much more in favor of Alabama. Yeah. Because people it's, didn't. It's 14. Yeah. People didn't know that this, people weren't down on Bama. They're down on Bama because of what we saw last week. But what we saw last week was not Jalen Milrow at quarterback. Yeah. And you said something that was very interesting that maybe Nick Saban was like, hey, listen, you want, and talking to his offensive coordinator, Tom Reese. You want your guy Buckner at quarterback? Let's see what he's got. See what he's got. But oh, do, he it in a game, do it in a game that you know you can't exactly. lose. Hey, he doesn't have it. All right, you want to see what Simpson has? Go ahead. We'll throw him in there and see what he has. Okay. Now you, that they you believe know, me now? Yeah. You believe, <laughs> now, now can, can we go ahead and say that Jalen Milrow is the best guy to lead this football team? And, and it was a game that they knew that they weren't going to lose. They didn't have to win by style points. They don't care. They just have to start racking up the wins. And I think now you have Milrow sitting out a game, gets to watch from the sidelines, gets to go through the preparation now, being the starter once again. I think you'll have a much different Alabama offense here in this game. How about that, Jaden Milrow? He's certainly not Jalen Hurts. He's certainly not uh, He's certainly not Bryce Young or, no. or Mac Jones or Tua. 
but he's a lot better than these guys, though. I can tell you that. Yes. Uh, another, that's three top 25 Pac-12 matchups here. Oregon State at Washington State. Oregon State, lane three. I didn't like the way that Oregon State looked last week against San Diego State. That should have been a blowout at home, and it wasn't. Now, did they maybe take their opponent lightly? Because, hey, we got we got the conference opening yeah. up next week. And that's where we have to turn on turn it on because we're playing top 25 teams in back-to-back weeks in Washington and Utah. Maybe that's the case. And maybe we're going to see a different performance from, from Oregon State in this one. I lean home dog. I've been impressed with the way that uh, Cameron Ward has looked at quarterback for Washington State. And so, to me, home dog, top 25 matchup, People eyeballs are going to be on. The, the lights are shining bright. I like Washington State here. Well, I know you like another home dog here. Ohio State at Notre Dame. The number is three. I can't. I can't take a strong stance on this. I wanted to back Notre Dame coming into this game, and Ohio State impressed me defensively last week. I needed to see them slow down a, a passing attack. They did it, and now I'm scared off. I feel like the number's right. I, I'm the biggest game of the week, probably, and I won't have any action on it. This is Notre Dame's. This is Notre Dame's game to lose right now. Uh, I, I think that Sam Hartman is uh, he's the better quarterback of these two. He's the more battle tested quarterback of the two. Every time he has played, when the lights are shining the brightest in the biggest moments, he has come through. Just go back at his history when when he was at Wake Forest. He had played Clemson last year. He threw for six touchdowns in that game. He they were eight and zero a couple of years ago. Had to go play against North Carolina. He threw for five touchdowns in that game. The pre- when the pressure is on the line, Sam Hartman gets the job done. I haven't seen Kyle McCord do it yet. On the road, primetime game, hostile environment. I like the Irish here. Iowa catching 15 on the road at Penn State for the wideout. Uh, this is a late late start, 7.30 start, so it's going to be a, a raucous crowd in Happy yeah. Valley. Uh, what what do you think of this one? I, I normally I treat Iowa like a, a a service academy, and usually I'm like, oh, if I'm getting more than two touchdowns, you got to play it. Mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to do it. What about you? I lean Penn State. I just wish that the um, uh, the number was better. You could have gotten the 14, 14 and a half, 15s now. Uh, to me, it's it's Penn State or pass. I think they're just. I, I think Penn State can give Ohio State or Michigan a real fight to win this Big Ten East. They're that good, and no one's talking about them because everyone's just talking about Michigan-Ohio State, and that's the matchup everyone wants to see, and that's going to be who's going to determine who represents the Big Ten in the college football playoff. But let me just tell you something. They have been on the cusp of being national title contenders participants every single season and no one talks about them because they're the third team they're the third team in a one team conference maybe two but you know what not gonna happen because the sec gets the two teams in right and if notre dame then they can get in but they have been the third team they've been the disrespected team but they've been the consistent team Every single year. Last week was the first time that I wasn't wowed by Penn State. They they covered. They were 14-point favorites at Illinois. They won by 17. The stats were pretty much even, though. Mm-hmm. Illinois turned the ball over five times. Penn State turned it over none. So if you tell me the 14-point favorite had a 5-0 turnover advantage and they covered by three points, I would say, 
Well, yeah. Okay. And that's nice, but uh, I, I mean, if if you're asking if first road game of the year, though, yeah, you know, but, but again, five turnovers mm-hmm. go your way, and you you, you score thirty points. Prime uh, time, Happy Valley, tough place to play, no doubt. Crowd's gonna be into it. So there you go. James There's Franklin's no... won eleven games at Penn State in four of his seasons. Yeah, he's a very good coach, yeah. very good coach, and he and what I like about him, he knows the number. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Um, that is breaking down the top 25 games in college football for all the rest of the games. Check out that podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview. It's happening boys. It's happening. The Padres <laughs> did not play a game yesterday, but still managed They're gaining to ground. gain ground. Now you bet AJ 500 to one. They wouldn't make the playoffs. Tell the people about the what? bet that you made <laughs> subsequent no, no, that was Mackenzie's bet, and right? it was it was a hundred to one. Yes. I just bet five dollars at a hundred. Oh, you're right, you're right. So, you're right. so yeah. I I actually bet the Padres to make the playoffs, but not just to make the playoffs. The bet that was on William Hill slash Caesars at plus five thousand, fifty to one, is that the Padres will be the third wild card. All right, now Fangraph said before the bet five hundred to one. You bet fifty to one, and it's not only to make the playoffs. They got to be the third wild card. If they're the second wild card. You're a loser. Exactly. It's like, watch me lose this bet because the Padres somehow miraculously become the second wild card. Now, that would take a lot because Arizona would have to collapse. The Diamondbacks have won five straight games. They would have to totally collapse in order to lose that second wild card spot. But the teams that are ahead of the Padres are starting to collapse, or in the case of the Chicago Cubs, continuing to collapse. The Cubs lose again last night. They lost for the 10th time in their last 13 games. And also losing a team that the Padres will actually have to play, the San Francisco Giants. So now the Padres are four games out of the wild card. There's nine games left to play. The Padres will have a three-game series at home against the St. Louis Cardinals. Then they go to San Francisco for three games, a team that's right Right above them them in the standings. And then they finish the year with three games at the White Sox. Of these nine games... They should win seven of them, at least, with a potential. Is that enough? Right. With a potential to win all nine. Now, they've won seven straight games, so they're feeling good about themselves. But think about, like, now let's look at who the other teams have that are ahead of them, right? Because you're looking at who they're going to face. Well, the Giants, you're not worried about because you play the Giants for three games. You take two of three from the Giants, you leapfrog them. Plus, the Giants are about to play the Dodgers. They're playing the Dodgers. Not ideal. They lost to the Dodgers last night. So, Think about it. You're, you have three games against the Giants. You're not worried about who they have to play because as long as you take care of the games against them, you leapfrog them. Yeah. So now all you're worried about is the Marlins, Cubs, and the Reds. The Cubs, as I mentioned, have lost 10 of their last 13 They're dying. games. They are on life support right now. They have three against Colorado, which they— It's going to sh- get right. You thought they'd, they lost two of three to the Pirates, but now they have three against Colorado. See what happens. They do have Jamison Tyone pitching in a day game. Today. Yeah. And then they have three at Atlanta, the Braves, who are fighting off the Dodgers for the one seed. So they will be motivated. Exactly. And then three at Milwaukee. Now, at that point. Who might not be motivated. But Milwaukee still, may have the, they may have their division locked up. Yes, they Yes, they will. But Milwaukee can also dictate who their opponent is possibly and do they want a division opponent in the playoffs in the Cubs or do they want to stick it to the division rival and knock them down a pick anyway the Marlins who Sandy Alcantara pitched a rehab start for scoreless innings so he could be better hurry coming up. back soon 
The Marlins have three against the Brewers, three against the Mets in New York, who would love to play the spoiler, and they just lost two of three to the Mets, and then three at the Pirates, the Pirates playing the spoiler for everybody right now. And then the Reds, the the only other team that you're worried about, the Cincinnati Reds, they have the Pirates, who the Pirates are, again, playing the spoiler for everybody, then two against Cleveland and three against St. Louis. So the Reds are a team that you probably have to worry about because the Reds have an easy schedule. But for my plus 5,000 bet that they get the third wild card, let's just say I've burned money in worse ways. Yeah, Padres plus 82 in run differential. That's uh, that's better than all but one team contending for the wild card right now. So Seven straight wins oh man and they're gonna gonna be and they're gonna be favored in like quite the story they're gonna be favored (laughs) they might be favored in eight of their final nine games if not all nine yeah they might be yeah we might take SOVAM off if that hits we're not not dealing with that kind of smugness from Scott (laughs) I also bet them I also bet them to win the hundred to one I also bet them to win the world series at plus 40,000 (laughs) of course you did well you know what I'm actually mad at myself because a a day ago I could have got 100 to one that's true and instead I got 40 to one because they keep winning and somebody and other people keep losing. So it's like with every loss that the Cubs have and with every win that the Padres have and the Giants losing ahead of them, now the odds go. I could have had 100 to 1 a couple of days ago, and instead I got 40 to 1. Now, Sorry, 40 to 1 is pretty good. Let them just, I just want to hit the playoff bet. Just let them make the playoffs and then get swept in the first round. That's all I care about. <laughs> just let them. I want to hit that playoff bet, though, because that will be fun. Uh, let's take a look at the schedule here for Friday. We have the Rockies at the Cubs, and Chicago will have Jamison Tyone on the mound. They are a minus 210 favorite. Noah Davis goes for the Rockies. The Cubs can't lose again, right? You wouldn't think I mean, so. We keep but saying this. Like it's, it, 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 sooner or later, they're going to have to win a game and get into the playoffs. Jamal's been pretty good at losing this season, though. Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers at the Marlins. Brewers so. got us there as the DraftKings dog of the day yesterday, mm-hmm. by the way. It's an easy winner. And so the Brewers could uh, help out the Padres by beating the Marlins with Corbin Burns on the mound. The Pirates looking to play the spoiler role. They are at the Reds. Uh, it looks like uh, Andrew Abbott's getting the start for Cincinnati and Luis Ortiz for Pittsburgh. You have the Blue Jays at the Rays. Chris Bassett for Toronto. Tyler Glass now for Atlanta. Tampa Bay's minus 155. The Blue Jays losing to the Yankees and Garrett Cole last night as he locks up the American League Cy Young Award. Congratulations, Garrett Cole. I'm just going to give it to him. So like, both, both our Cy Young Award winners have been Locked announced. Up. Like, it's done. It's not. Blake Snell and Garrett Cole. Congratulations. Blake Snell going to join pretty elite company. Gaylord Perry, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, and Max Scherzer as players to win the both Cy leagues. Young in both leagues. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's a Hall of uh, Fame list right there. That's that is a pretty damn good Hall of Fame list. list. Yep. Uh, speaking of Garrett Cole and the Yankees, the Yankees will host the Diamondbacks. Brandon Fott on the mound for the Diamondbacks. Luke Weaver getting the start for you know the what? Yankees. Let's make that my DraftKings dog of the day today. Uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, Arizona's still a lot to play for right mm-hmm. now. They've I, won I, five straight. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think they've got a pitching disadvantage in this matchup. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like Arizona here catching a dog number. Braves are at the Nationals. Charlie Morton for Atlanta. Patrick Corbin for D.C. Atlanta's minus 260. Mets are at the Phillies. Tyler McGill gets the start for the Mets. Taiwan Walker, former Met, getting the start for the Phillies. Philly minus 165. Did you use that on Immaculate Grid? On what? It, there was an Immaculate Grid <laughs> no, on, on the on the Mets and Phillies? Today? I was just, it wasn't uh, today, but I was just making a joke. I didn't play Immaculate Grid yet. Uh. 
I blew it. It's still early. Uh, the Orioles are at the card are at the Guardians. Dean Kramer for Baltimore. Shane Bieber for the Guardians. Baltimore is minus one fifteen. White Sox at the Red Sox. Took a Toussaint on the mound for the White Sox. Chris Sale gets to start for Boston. Boston's minus two twenty five. Mariners at the Rangers. It's a big one. Yeah, Bryce Miller for the Mariners. Dane Dunning for Texas. Texas is minus one twenty. Angels are at the Twins. Minnesota's minus two sixty seven with Pablo Lopez on the mound against Davis Daniel. Made up person. Yep. For the Angels. Royals are at the Astros. Cal Reagans for the Royals. Framber Valdez for Houston. Houston is minus two thirty five. I wouldn't necessarily just you know, throw them out there for an automatic win. Reagan's pitched against them last time, gave up five runs in six innings. I usually, the rule is usually to back the guy the second time facing the team in a row. Okay. So maybe the Royals, uh, a dog, although the Astros, they need the win and Framber's on the mound. Yeah. You, you got to perform. You got to win on Framber yeah. day. Uh, Tigers are at the A's. Ken Waldachuk for the uh, Athletics. Detroit will send Sawyer Gibson Long. That is certainly a made-up person. Detroit. <laughs> he gets to start Detroit's minus 135. Gibson uh, Long. Yeah. yeah. That sounds real. The, the Cardinals at Sawyer. the Padres. Name is Sawyer. <laughs> Dakota Hudson on the mound for the Cardinals. Matt Waldron getting the start. He'll, he'll be the opener for the Padres. San Diego's minus 160. And the Dodgers at, uh, Dodgers at the Gi- uh, Dodgers hosting the Giants. Sean Manaya for the Giants. Not sure who's going to go for the Dodgers just yet. So Padres will need a win over the Cardinals, and they'll be rooting hard for the Dodgers. They'll be rooting hard for the uh, Yankees. They'll be rooting hard for the Pirates and the Brewers and the Rockies. As far as the American League West is concerned, here's what the standings look like going into today. Astros are a half game up on both the Rangers and the Mariners, and we are fast approaching Well, we're here. The final series of the season where the Mariners will have three against the Rangers, three against the Astros, and then four against the Rangers. So in my mind, it's Mariners or Astros winning this division. Astros minus 110, Mariners plus 175, Rangers plus 330. Ooh, Rangers falling like Mm -hmm. like a stone. Yep. And the Rangers, it's crazy to think the Rangers who controlled this division for most of the season might not make the playoffs. Well, All the money they threw at this yep. thing. Wow. One of, one of these teams is going to be out. Unless the Blue Jays fall. Just melt. They'd have to melt. Well, not really. Because the, the, the Rangers and Mariners are are tied for the third wild card. They're just a half game back of the Blue Jays. Okay. But so, but the Blue Jays or the, uh, the Rangers and Mariners keep playing each other, though. That's the thing. Well, what if they split? If they split, yeah. then they don't gain. And the Blue Jays' remaining schedule, three at Tampa, three against New York, and then three against Tampa. That's a pretty tough ride. Yes, and right now, if you're looking at... well, and Tampa's still fighting to win the division. They're only a game and a half back of the East, yeah. so Tampa needs those games. So, for all intents and purposes, for all intensive purposes... Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> correcting yeah, yourself. Yeah. The playoffs start now. Yeah. Now, it's not the postseason, because it's still the regular season, but it is the playoffs. Do or die. How about that? I like it. There's only one October. Do you remember those Dane Cook commercials? There's only one October. Fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one UFC Vegas 79, and it happens this weekend here in the fight capital of the world at the UFC Apex. One of the best main events on a fight night I can remember. 
Matus Gamrot and Rafael Fazeev. Uh, Gamrot plus 130 in this fight. I like Gamrot, but even more, I like over four and a half rounds because I think these guys are very evenly matched. We've got a great stylistic matchup here between a grappler and a striker. Fazeev, an incredible striker. He teaches at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. Like He's one of the best strikers in the world, but he's also proven to be an incredible defensive wrestler. Gamrot, world-class wrestler, very capable striker, though. I envision a fight where both guys have some success. Uh, Fazeev's a, a bit hesitant to tee off in fear that he'll be taken down. This could allow Gamrot to have some more success in the striking game, and if Fazeev does go for broke... I think he gets drugged down to the mat. Fazeev's takedown defense was strong against Rafael Dos Anjos, but Gamrot's a much better pure wrestler than RDA is. I think this is a coin flip fight. Like I said, I'm going to take a stab at Gamrot at plus money, but I feel even more confident this thing go five rounds. I, I think this decides a future title contender. Over four and a half rounds, minus 130 will be my best bet on the main event. Similar best bet to uh, last week's, which you cashed. We did cash it last week. Let's go. Four and a half. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, how did the UFC card do last week? Uh, plus 8.3 units. We were 7-2 and two, Wow. Uh, for plus 8.3 units last week. Pretty and, solid. And if you want AJ's full UFC card for tomorrow, head to pregame.com where you can get it for free. What? Yes. I worked on this thing. Well, how are we going to stay a company and in business with it, this kind of promotion? Here's the deal. Uh, we are offering a bulk dollar bonanza right now at pregame.com. I and like that what word. What that means is... You you have to spend $10, and you get 50 bulk dollars. So 10 gets you 50. So it only costs you $10, and in return, you get 50 bulk dollars. And since most best bet packages are priced at $25, that $10 gets you two best bet packages. So you so, can get a football weekend and AJ's fight weekend yes, for 10 bucks. Yes. Pretty so good. like here's what you do. You like basically you say, oh, I want Scott's college football, uh, you know, which uh, by the way, eight one and one in my last ten college Ooh, football plays, slightly better than seven and two. So you kind of went up, you man. Yeah, you want you want that college football? Well, Damn. then you know what the ten dollars that I spend, that you know, it costs twenty five dollars, but I'm only spending ten. So okay, here's my ten dollars. I get Scott's college football card, but then I also have twenty five dollars left in free bulk dollars in my account. That's how you get AJ's UFC card for free. I agree with you. They're going to get AJ's card first, though, because, you know, he's a, Okay, then get the other one right for now. free. But you, you get both cards for 10 bucks. You can get anything. Yeah. That's the best part. And if you don't want to spend it now, guess what? No rush. Never because expire. Because bulk dollars never expire. Once you buy it, they are in your cart ready for you to check out. Forever. <laughs> nice Forever. Forever. So, head to pregame.com. Best sports movie ever? I think so. Click on buy picks and then add the $10, get you $50 bulk dollars package to your shopping carts, and your bulk dollars become available immediately after purchase. Only one per customer. Yeah, don't get greedy. But you have to do it soon because this is a limited time offer because it's like the best offer we've ever given out, 400% more on your money. It literally is. We do not give a yeah. – we would not allow an offer better than yeah. this. So 10 gets you 50 Right now, by the way, Mackenzie Rivers nine and two in the NFL. So if you want to get his Jeez, NFL pick man. on Sunday, you can get that as well. So go to pregame.com, get, get the ten, get you fifty bulk dollars. And if you want to spend them this weekend, sure, go ahead. If you don't, you want to wait, wait. They never expire, but buy them now because don't use it. You might lose it. Not the bulk dollars, but the offer. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.